0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. How many of you normally renew your license, you know, when it expires, right? you renew something, okay? To renew means to restore in its original state, Okay. Uh, or to restore spiritually in our particular application. But when you talk about renewal, uh, really when the Bible says renew, okay, recall colon new, this is about new things, okay? This may have double meaning. And renew means to restore, but to renew is, it's about newness. It's about new things. It's about newness of life. And how many of you love having new things? Whether it's a new gadget, a new car, a new home, maybe for those of you single praying for a new wife or a new husband, hopefully it's just one wife, okay? and that new wife of yours will be the same wife after 30 years, or a new baby in the home, we celebrate new things. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so, We celebrate newness. We love new things. And so, God also loves to bring us into a state of newness, a state of freshness, a state of restoration. However, we all have issues. How many of you have some issues in your life? Please raise your hand. We all have issues in life. We have, you know, sometimes you go through rejection, sometimes you go through some temptations or oppression or maybe shame or failures. We go through some rejections and even, you know, uh, even in the internet, social media, cyberbullying, or maybe the pressure to be somebody else that is not really you. You know, for the ladies, you know, you look at your face in the mirror. And how many ladies do we have in this place? Please raise your hand. How many of you know that you are made beautiful in the sight of God? Amen. You are unique. Who you are is the best form of you. You don't have to, you know, you know uh, transform into another person that is, you know, uh, Uh, put there on the front page of a magazine or maybe in the advertisement or maybe in Hollywood trying to be somebody you're not because you feel like you're not accepted if you are not acting a certain way or looking at a certain way or having hair a certain way having a nose a certain way, having a body weight a certain way, having a figure a certain way how many of you know that we all come in different forms, shapes, sizes, colors and God is a God of diversity and you are fine just the way you are. Amen. Come on now. Look at a person beside you, tell that person, You are beautiful. Come on. You are beautiful. You're handsome, bro. Okay. Hindi, medjo paka beautiful, right? So, we are all made in God's image. And you are fine the way you are. And the only way that we can actually address this brokenness of rejection in our lives is really through the living waters of Jesus. It's by being satisfied with who we are. Jesus says, I offer you streams of living water. If you drink from it, this, guess what? You will never be thirsty again. How many of you would like to drink from that well of living water every single day? Come on now. That you will never be satisfied with anything from the world, but you'll only be satisfied with God Himself. Jesus is the only thing that can actually satisfy the void in our hearts. I think it's Blaise Pascal who said this, that God gave us something that is a void in our hearts that only God can fill. No amount of vacation, no amount of gadgets, no amount of relationships, not even your husband nor your wife can actually plug that void in our hearts. Only God can. The very first commandment says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay? And the second one is, is like that. Love your neighbor. But yet it comes from that you know, need for us to be loving to God and to, to worship the Lord and worship Him only because we are made to be creatures of worship. And it is only God that can actually satisfy the longings of our soul, and that is rejection. When they reject you and me, guess what? Jesus accepts us wholly, just as we are. Amen. Because He loves us through and through. Come on now, can we give the Lord a hand for that? He will never reject us. He will always accept us. Today, we're going to be looking at oppression. Everybody say oppression. How many of you have been oppressed already? Don't raise your hand. Sometimes we feel oppressed with, I don't know, maybe work, maybe our boss, okay? Maybe your spouse. No, just kidding. Maybe, you know, pressures in life. But what we're talking about right now is oppression that is coming from the spirit, a spiritual form of oppression, a demonic form of oppression. And we're going to look at a story uh, in the Bible that describes the situation of one particular individual and how Jesus Deliver that person from a spiritual bondage or a spiritual form of oppression. When you talk about oppression, the definition of oppression is a prolonged cruel or unjust treatment or a prolonged exercise of authority. That is what oppression is. An undue treatment, a prolonged state of being subjugated by someone who is not supposed to be there. And that is what oppression is all about. Today, we're going to be looking at the story of Jesus and the demonized man from the tomb, okay? Jesus and the demoniac, another, uh, that's another title, okay? And so, if you have your Bibles, would you kindly open to Mark chapter 5? Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 20. And they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gerasenes, or Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately, everybody say, immediately, There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. What about superhuman strength? No one had the strength to subdue him. of the man you unclean spirit and Jesus asked him what is your name he replied my name is legion for we are many and he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him saying send us to the pigs and let us enter them so he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered The pigs and the herd, numbering about how many? 2,000. Rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but he said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Can we read this last statement of Christ? Go home to your friends and tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you verse 20 and he went away and began to proclaim in the decapolis how much jesus had done for him and everyone marveled let's bow out and pray father thank you so much for the preaching of your word we ask our god that you would bless this scripture so God to bless the word about to be preached from this pulpit open up our hearts to receive from the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, you are our teacher, our guide, the one who uh, comforts us, the one who guides us, the one who anoints us, the one who uh, empowers us. Lord, I pray that you speak to us individually and as a church. uh, Give us a spirit of revelation to know you better today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, how many of you, as we were reading this particular text, you you have in your mind some imagination happening? Or maybe you are picturing, how many of you have actually kind of pictured what happened in that particular scenario when Jesus Christ was, you know, uh, facing or encountering this demonized man? You know, nowadays we have movies that somehow depict some of these spiritual or demonic encounters. Movies back in the 80s, I think, or 70s, entitled uh, The Exorcist. Uh, I don't know if that's really their 80s, 70s. Recently, of recent uh, dates, we have uh, some movies like uh, The Right, some horror films like The Conjuring. Okay? Not recommending that you watch it. I'm not fond of uh, watching horror films. But somehow, Hollywood has tried its best to depict the battle between the good and evil. And I'm not really sure about the storyline of some movies, but somehow, Sometimes they depict that the evil spirits are gaining over the good. But how many of you know that in reality, it doesn't really happen that way? Because the reality is Jesus has authority, in fact, full authority over any kind of demons, even Satan himself. There's no match. You know, we have watched movies like The Avengers or maybe, uh, I don't know, the latest is now like Mission Impossible, Fallout or uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, back in the day, and we have a battle between the good and evil, and sometimes it's almost like like a draw. But yet, when it comes to the supernatural, when it comes to the spiritual realm, we know who has the ultimate authority over all things, and that is God Himself. Amen. There's There's not even a question of who will win in the end. We know that ultimately we are victors in Christ. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, it may be seemingly a defeat, Or a setback. But I believe that any setback is a setup for a comeback. Amen. Come on now. Anytime we go through life and we fail. When we go through life and we have encounter with, let's say, oppression or maybe failures in life. You know, we sometimes are quick to point the finger to the devil. How many of you know? Yes, Yes, that can actually be true. But the devil is not always the culprit. Sometimes we overemphasize the demonic in our life, okay? Traffic tayo, devil to. Walang parking, devil to. Haba ng pila sa restaurant, demonic to. Hindi, pumila ka na mas maaga, mas maganda yan. Nalate ako, demonic to. Yung boss ko, demonic to. Hindi, hindi, hindi okay. You know, we blame the devil for almost anything negative happening in our life. That's too much of a credit that we give to him. Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes it's our negligence. Sometimes it's our temptation. Sometimes it's our compromises. Yet on the other hand, we also try to move to the other extreme and say there's not even a demonic oppression or a demonic force present right there. Guess what? If we deny the presence of the spiritual realm, how many of you know that that is not the truth? Because the reality is you and I are in a war. The moment that you became a Christian, how many Christians do we have here? How many believers do we have here? The moment that we stepped in to the family of believers, the moment that God you know, adopted us into a spiritual family, you know, we engaged ourselves in a spiritual battle, in a spiritual war. We just finished the, you know, the series on In Christ, you know, putting on the four full armor of God. And we know that that is a reality, you know, that the enemy is real. We have an enemy. But what is so encouraging is that Jesus always fights for us in our behalf. He will never let up. He will never stop until we have the victory that He promised us. In fact, He already won the victory for us on that cross. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 gives us a good setting of this particular event. The first verse that we've read earlier was, He arrived finally on the shore of Gerasenes. But right before that, a few verses before that, in chapter four, Jesus was teaching the people about the parables. There was a large crowd that were gathered on the other end of the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus was actually literally on the boat at the seashore talking to the people who are in the shoreline because he said that's a very good uh, you know place to be in. Bas magamda yung setup parang ganito, okay? And so people are listening to him. And when you know, he talked about the parables, parable of the sower, parable of the lamb, parable of the mustard seed, parable of the seed growing, and so on and so forth. And so after his lecture, the whole day he was teaching the people, when evening came, the Bible says, he said to them, let us go across to where? To the other side of what? To the other side of the Sea of Galilee you know he was already tired but yet he chose to go to the other side to go to a hotel and rest no to go to meet this demoniac can you imagine that out of his busy schedule he allowed himself to be interrupted because of a case of a person needing deliverance and i believe that in our particular scenario whatever it is that you and i go through it may be a sickness it may be a marital problem it may be a financial issue it may be a business problem for the students. It may be your grades. How many of you know that it's the will of God for the students to be excellent in your grades? Amen. Come on now. We believe God for the resurrection of the grave, okay? From the dead of the graves. So whatever it is that we're going through, Jesus is never too busy for us. He took the time to go across the other side of the sea in order for Him to have an encounter with this demonized man. And so they came to the other side finally in that sea. And if you will look at the map or the topographical map, this is how the Sea of Galilee looks like. It's almost like shaped like a kidney, an elongated shape, like a bean, elongated bean. And so they normally hang out in Capernaum. That's where, you know, it's said to be the town of Jesus. That's where he grew up. Uh, Across the seashore is the house of Peter. Uh, We're blessed enough to, to be able to visit Uh, Israel about a couple of years ago and we were able to see that uh, Capernaum and so he took a boat after teaching the disciples from there to here and so right in the middle of the night there was a storm some theologians are saying that there are two possible venues where he actually landed one is Gergesa and the other one is Gadara Okay, because this is actually where The Decapolis is actually nearer located, where he actually shared the good news. And so Jesus encountered the demonized man. He searched for him. He was the one who went there. I believe he intentionally went there in the middle of the night. In fact, he faced opposition as he was going there. A very familiar story, when he was actually going there, he was sleeping in the boat. He was so tired, teaching parables, and they were in the middle of the sea, and a storm came out. That was the story there. He was sleeping in the boat, and the disciples are waking him up, and he said, Lord, don't you care? We might all drown. And he woke up, and what did he say? Peace, be still. And the waves and the winds died down. And right after he landed, he faced this man, a demoniac. The demonized man was approaching him. Immediately, the Bible says he was actually having a face-to-face encounter with the Lord. But instead of him actually having a battle or having a brute fight or a brawl, this demonized man started falling down on his knees because he realized and he recognized who was coming before him. In Luke chapter 8, account, the description is, When Jesus stepped out on the land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he had no clothes, and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. So, Luke's account has one more detail that this guy was naked, no clothes. He was out of his mind. How many of you have seen some people that are kind of deranged, disturbed, you know? They walk in the street. Again, how many of you sometimes do that? Okay. You know, you're thinking, okay, but you're not deranged, right? But sometimes we think that, you know, these are just people who's got loose screws. But the reality is, are they, is it just a medical condition or is it possible that it is actually a spiritual oppression? You know, I believe that most, if not all, of what we go through are actually born out of our fallen nature, sin. And whether it's an advanced state or whether it's a physical sickness of a cancer or anything, it's all because of our weak and fallen bodies because of our sin before the Lord. It all started from the garden. Amen. And we can all trace it there. Whether it's an emotional situation that uh, people have, whether it's oppression or even depression or even you know, a, an emotional problem, you know, that can actually s- still be traced from sin the sin of man not necessarily the person's sin but the sin of man and yet this is a reality that we have nowadays and sometimes you go through just a medical situation but yes that's possible but i also believe that it is also possible that it might be spiritual in nature in verse 2 of mark chapter 5 Okay, he was talking about a man with an unclean spirit. In verse 3, he lived among the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with the chain. So this demonized man was naked. He lived among the dead. He would rather prefer living among the dead than the living. You know, Sometimes if people are in compromise, they would rather choose dead works or things that are dead rather than expose themselves to the living. There are like dead areas in our brokenness that actually can be addressed. And sometimes when you look at this particular story, we can actually be quick to dismiss and say, that's not for me because I am not demonized. That's not for me because I am not actually just like that man. You know, that's, I am not like that man. I am clean. I am okay. But I, sub- I want to submit to you this morning that there might be some areas in our life that are also subject to spiritual Oppression. And a spiritual oppression is an exercise of authority by the demonic stronghold in the life of an individual, whether a sinner or a saint. Now, how many of you, again, are born again and you are a Christian? Guess what, right? If anyone is in Christ, as I said earlier, we are new creatures, the old is gone, the new has come, and Jesus, His Holy Spirit, lives in us. How many of you know that you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? The permanent resident of our temple is the Holy Spirit and not demons, right? But yet, what is this that is being said that we can sometimes be oppressed? It's more of like the demons squatting. They don't have any right to stay in our domicile or or our home. They're more of like a squatter at the perimeter wall, They're just onlookers, and all they can do is actually just try to oppress, maybe throw a little bit of brick or stone uh, from afar, but guess what? If you open a little bit of your doorway, he will take it. Dr. Merrill Unger, Bible commentator, scholar, said this, Demon influence is the action of demonic powers working to corrupt a person. It may be various degrees of severity. It can be mild oppression, it can be medium oppression, Oppression, or it can be severe oppression. Okay? Look at the person beside you. Okay? Determine mga, is it mild? Okay? Medium ba? Or wala, di ba? So, depending on the resistance of the believer, which offer, offers the satanic onslaught, in James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. What do we do? The devil comes to us, resist the devil and he will flee. That's a scriptural principle. The Bible says also in that same line, draw near to God and He will draw near to us. Resist the devil and he will flee. God gives grace to the humble, but He opposes the proud. We acknowledge that it is the, the Lord's Spirit that enables us to have victory over any satanic or demonic oppression. Amen. And so if He fails to stand against the wiles of the devil, Ephesians six eleven. This is talking about the believers. If we fail to stand against the devil and yield to his pressure, the enemy takes all the territory allowed him. Satanic forces operate upon this principle. We go as far as we are permitted to go. The enemy will only have the right as you permit him to. But how many of you know that as children of God, He has no place in our lives anymore? Amen. And we've got to be aware of the devil's tactics and the devil's schemes. Jesus encountered the demon. He basically was, you know, faced not only with this demoniac, but he actually was recognized by the demons inside the demoniac. The demons recognized who Jesus was. And they cried out with a loud voice. This demon said, what have you to do with me? Well, let me just rephrase that. What have you to do with me? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, you know. You know, it's kind of like, you know, watching whatever, precious, you know. The demons will conjure, they will change their form, they will change their voice. But yet, when Jesus was in front of that particular demon, they recognized who he was. They recognized that he was not just Jesus, the Son of the Carpenter, he was Jesus, the Son of the Of the most high God. Amen. And even the demons will have to confer with the title of the lordship of Jesus over themselves. And this demon said, I adjure you. Wow, what a nice word. I adjure you. How many of you know that meaning of I adjure you? It means I urge you or I make a solemn request from you. Do not torment me. This demon who was tormenting this man was asking Jesus, do not torment me. How many of you know that demons and the devil is scared of God? That's why if there's anything that is present in our lives, any demonic activity, if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on now. Where God dwells, I believe that there's no space for the demonic oppression to happen. Only to the degree that we allow it to happen, it depends on us. By the way, you know, there's such a thing as a spirit of slumber. spirit of slumber, a spirit that puts you to sleep. So there are different forms of spirit. There are different forms of, you know, spirit of sickness, spirit of lying, a spirit of oppression, spirit of pornography. We were having Victory Weekend many, many years ago. It was still an overnight thing. But now our Victory Weekend is just a, you know, a day thing. And then you come back the next day. But it used to be overnight. And one particular Victory Weekend, we had had a distress call from one of our leaders who was ministering to an old lady, a small old lady that was inside her own room being ministered to by a victory group leader who had some demon manifest in her. So we responded to that call. We went there and we had about, I don't know, maybe five men that tried to pin down this small old lady. Can you imagine that? Old lady who normally could not walk that fast, yet Could not be pinned down by five grown men. We had that encounter. It took us, I don't know, maybe 30 to 40 minutes to drive that demon out. But I I believe he had to leave at that time. Ultimately, they don't have any choice but to leave. Amen. And we told this particular lady, cry upon the name of Christ. you know, Because sometimes it would transfer. Sometimes you talk to the lady. Sometimes you talk to the demon. So we spoke to the demon, get out right now in the name of Jesus. Another story that we actually experienced when we were having our old office back in, uh, I think, uh, Vito Cruz Extension. Before the construction of the building, we had another situation of, uh, like, a couple of pastors just trying to um, cast out a demon from this, from this young girl. Okay, uh, Not young girl, but uh, a young adult girl. One of the pastors said, you know, what's your name? you kind of like what Jesus was saying here, Okay. And then the demon here responded, Legion, right? So the pastor said, asked the question, What's your name? And the lady said, Jessica. And then the pastor said, Spirit of Jessica, come out. And one of the guys said, Pastor, pangalan po niya Jessica. Ah, Agarun ba? Come back. (laughs) (laughs) Malay. Jessica, come back. (laughs) Stay here, stay here. You know, we had funny moments about casting demons. One particular guy, there's another story, same building, you know, our office. And you know, I have a friend who's now a pastor in the States. I won't mention his name. He was casting out this demon from one of our volunteers. Thin, skinny guy, you know. And this guy was saying, "Ah!" he was manifesting. "Ah!" This friend of mine was actually just saying, I'm just gonna use another name, okay? John Tamana. John. I said, Tama na. <laughs> John, Pah! Tama na. Okay na ako, okay na ako. And it was fine after that. It's hard to cast out a demon when there's no demon inside a man. Mas mahirap right? He was just pretending he had a demon. Anyway, let's, go, let's move on with our sermon. So these demons, they know who Jesus was. They acknowledge that you are the Son of the Most High God. Remember the time when Peter had a confession in Matthew chapter 16 when he finally, you know, when Jesus was asking, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. What's the similarity between these two confessions? The demons recognized you are the Son of Man. And Peter also said, you are the Son of Man. Both the demons and the apostle recognized who Jesus was. You know what the lesson is? You can know about Him but you don't really know Him. You know, I realize that we can all come to church and we can do religious stuff and we can just think that we know about God, but we don't really know who God is. Because the demons knew who He was. They knew that He was Creator God. They knew that He is the Lord. They knew that He is the one who can control all sickness and they, they have, He has authority over all spirits, yet they can't have any relationship with Him. In James chapter 2, verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well, even the demons believe, and they shudder. If your knowledge of God does not lead you to a changed life, then we are no better than a demon. Because I believe that if we really truly know who Jesus is, he will make all things new. He will make us a new person inside out. Amen. Come on now. That is who Jesus is. He is in the business of changing lives. Ultimately, Jesus came to oppose them and not to befriend them. He didn't say, oh, high five. He he had to leave. And Jesus said to him, come out, you unclean spirit. You know, part of making all things new is really just advancing the kingdom of God. He's there to cleanse us. He's here to free us from any form of oppression. He's here to set us free from any form of bondage. I mean, what are you and I going through right now? Maybe it's a temptation of lust. Maybe it's a temptation of pornography. Maybe it's, I don't know, unforgiveness, bitterness. Maybe some marital issues. Maybe some rebellion in our hearts. Whatever it is, I believe that God wants to set us free. Amen. We may be going through some kind of business issues, maybe because of some compromises. Wrong choices. We put ourselves in a predicament and we expect God to always bail us out every time. Come on now. But the reality is God wants us to mature as believers and know who He is. That because of His grace and because of His Holy Spirit, He is enabling us to make the right choices in life. That enemy, the devil, Satan, the thief comes only to do what? Steal and kill and destroy, S-K-D. That's the job description of Satan. S-K-D. Steal, kill, destroy. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to steal your future. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to kill who you are. He wants to kill your identity as a child of God. Come on now. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus, the Bible says, same verse, came to give us life. And life that is abundant. Life to the full. Life that is abounding. Jesus ultimately is more powerful than any demon that you and I can meet. In fact, he was asking his name. What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. You know what is a Legion? A Legion is actually a number of the Roman soldier. About 3,000 to 6,000 Roman soldiers form one Legion. And if this demon is saying we are Legion, it means that there's a lot there inside that man. I, I wonder how many demons there were there. I wonder how many can fit. But yet he was describing himself, my name is Legion. The possession of this man was so strong that no one can actually bind him. Remember the description. He would just actually break the chains as if it's paper or cardboard. You know, he cannot be contained. In fact, he didn't even plead for mercy for himself. It was the demons pleading for mercy. Do not torment us. Yet God or Jesus was there because He wants to bring deliverance in the life of this man. The demons knew who their authority was. And His name is Jesus. That's why you know we always say this. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that what? Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And He begged Him. Who's got the authority? The demons are begging Jesus. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Ay, niya magabrod. He wants to stay in the locality. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. They begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So, Jesus gave them permission to enter the pigs. It talks about his authority. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Even Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Before he came there to the, at that side of the seashore, he merely spoke to the wind and the waves, peace, be still. He spoke to the demons, come out and they had to leave. He spoke to Jairus' daughter who was dead and he said, come back to life. How many of you know there is power in the word of Christ? Come on now, no sickness, no disease, not even death can separate us from the love of Christ. Come on, can we give it a hand this morning? He's powerful. He will work on our behalf. Amen. And I believe that if we allow Him to work in our hearts, to minister to to us, He will make us free as well. In verse 13, and the unclean spirits came out because Jesus said so. You have to come out. Okay, I allow you to go to the pigs, and they entered the pigs, and they heard numbering about two thousand, a lot of pigs. They rushed down into the steep bank of the sea and were drowned in the sea. Can you imagine? Kawawa naman mga So the next time you eat sisig, pork chop, the chongkawale, and crispy pata, you ask the pig, Legion, are you there?" Palang ganon, de ba? Siguro malines, right? Jesus ultimately delivered the man. Amen. And Jesus came to set us free. He comes to free us from any form of oppression, from any spiritual bondage. He wants to make sure that you and I are walking in liberty and walking in the Spirit every day. Only Jesus can truly deliver you and me from any demonic oppression. That's why my question for us this morning is, are there dark areas in our life that need pagalingin the Lord? linisin the Lord? And I believe that if we are wise children of God, that we are to open up our hearts to Him, that we are to walk in the truth. The Bible says, you know, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us your sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's our Jesus. In verse 14, after the pigs drowned because the demons went inside the pigs, the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. The people came to see what it was that had happened. They okay? They came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there and clothed at this time. Remember, diba? From, from verse 1, or in the account of Luke, the man was what? Without clothes. He was naked. Now, I don't know where they got the clothes for this guy. Maybe they had extra clothes in the boat. But when the people went back and they were about to check legion. The guy who was there in the caves, howling day and night, cutting himself. They found somebody who's new. And they were not able to recognize this man. Can you imagine that? The people saw the man sitting and no longer wild. He was sitting there. He was clothed from nakedness. And he was in his right mind. How many of you know that that is definitely... A deliverance session from Jesus. You know, he was wild. He was, you know, attacking people. I don't know how many people he attacked in that particular region. But in this case, when the people were checking this man, wow, he was in his right mind. He was probably asking them, na kayo? How are you guys? something like that. Okay, see, he was in his right mind. And they were afraid. I mean, I was I was asking. Why are they afraid if this guy is already well? Mas maganda nga, 'di ba? Na mas magaling siya kasi time na demonic siya. But yet, they were not so used to having something that is new happening in their particular region. Maybe this is the first time that they have seen a deliverance session. Maybe this is the first time they've seen, I guess, you know, they saw the, you know, they heard about the 2000 pigs drowned. They were scared, ano pa next? Okay? Maybe, you know, that particular town had that as their main line of business. Maybe uh, if Jesus continues to stay here, maybe we'll finish I don't know why they were scared. But ultimately, Jesus came to deliver us. And there is nothing in this world that Jesus cannot deliver us from. No matter what you and I are going through. It may actually be sin struggle, temptations, thoughts, unforgiveness, it may be bitterness, it may be oppression. Maybe some of us have depression tendencies. We're kind of like isolated or lonely, maybe lack of purpose. Maybe you have a difficult marriage. Maybe you're about to give up. Maybe you sinned the sin of adultery and you're about to give up or your spouse about to give up on you. Maybe some of your children are hooked into drugs or they're into addiction. Or maybe you're hooked into pornography. I mean, different brokenness that we experience. Maybe you're going through some bad health. Maybe bad finances. Maybe wrong mindset and so on and so forth. I believe that Jesus can ultimately deliver us from any of these spiritual attacks and oppression. Amen? If we just yield to Him and if we submit to Him, The Bible says even in the book of James, if we humble ourselves before him, he gives us grace, but yet he opposes the proud. That is part of us drawing near to him, resisting the devil, and ultimately the devil had to flee from us. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? And as I close, yes, ultimately the demons had no power over Jesus. He delivered that man. He cleansed him. But yet... There are two different responses of the people right after this liberation or deliverance. How did the people respond? In verse 17, And they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region. These are the townspeople. Instead of them thanking Jesus for the deliverance of that guy, they just basically said, You have no place here. We're not ready for your ministry. We're not ready for you here. So, would you please depart? Because, baka mama hindi lang yung pigs baobusamen, baka mama pati mga cows and carabaos and everything, you know, our livestock. So they asked Jesus to leave. But then in verse 18, another response happened, and this comes from the man who used to be demonized. And he was getting into the boat, and the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. This demonized guy, or he used to be demonized, wanted to be with Jesus. How many of you know that that is the right response? That we want to be with Christ. And what's amazing is, Jesus said this, don't go with me. He said, he sent him away. He did not permit him to stay with him, but he said, go home to your friends and tell them, what are the two things he He told them? How much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Now, how many of us has something that we can actually tell people that the Lord did something in our lives, in our family, amen. How many of you will say that God has been merciful to you? There's a lot of things that we can actually do and say to spread the gospel. You may not memorize a lot of scripture, but guess what? You have your own unique story. And if God delivers us, I believe that that is a great story to tell. You have your own unique story. And he came to heal us from all kinds of diseases. He came to deliver us from all forms of oppression. God has been merciful to us. God has been good to us. And, you know, I've been, you know, a recipient of God's grace myself. I believe there are so many stories that we can actually find and hear from this particular group of people. Fifteen years ago, when uh, we were journeying as a family, my second child got sick of TB meningitis. Maybe some of you have heard of that. And about two months, this sickness ended up in death in my, in my family. We lost our second child, and he was my only son. And yet, you know, of course, that is one major blow in our family and we had questions during that time why this thing happened but yet I know that ultimately God's purpose prevailed in us but yet at that particular point in time Jesus never left us and we felt so much grace poured out upon our family and I believe that as we have gone through that particular situation even God restores us you know it may be a temptation, it may be something bad that happened, it may be a tragedy in your family, but I believe no matter what that situation is, God is healed. He's here to heal and to restore hearts. Amen. 15 years after, now as I stand here before you, there's still a scar of losing a son because those scars are actually one sign and symbol of God's grace upon our lives. But yet, His healing is real. His healing came. And you know, about a year and a half after, God blessed us with two more uh, girls, you know, not uh, twins, but one year apart. And they're not meant to replace my son, but ultimately, somehow the grief that we have felt as a family has been replaced with joy when God allowed us to experience new things or new people added into our families. I believe this is a unique story for me and my family. But My question for us this morning is, what is your story? You have... A story to tell there are stories hundreds if not thousands of stories that are reflected in this particular congregation and if we would just be like that demoniac that man who was delivered from demons if we would just obey God and how God has been merciful to us and Jesus merely said just tell others what I have done for you just tell others how you have received mercy from God I believe that that is a powerful testimony that will actually open doors and open hearts in people's lives amen and i want to end with this scripture in acts chapter 10 verse 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for god was with him he did that before He's doing it until now. And he's going to continue doing that until he comes back again. Amen. It's not about us, it's the Spirit of God in us because God ultimately has a purpose for you and me. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? Let's all stand up. Lord, we thank you so much for your deliverance upon every one of us. Father, even as we come before you to worship, I thank you, Lord God, that we will continue to allow our hearts and our whole being to be placed under the microscope of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that you'll be the one to highlight maybe areas in our life that have been in darkness, areas in our life that have been under oppression, areas in our life that are needing healing, areas in our life that are under brokenness, Lord. And Lord Jesus, as we come before you, I pray that you would make all things new, Lord God. We thank you for your grace in our hearts. We thank you for your grace in our lives. and May we continually open up our lives not only to you, Lord God, but even to the people around us, Lord. I pray we will be able to walk with one another, Lord God, and ask a brother or a sister to pray with us. And even your word says, Lord God, to confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I thank you, Lord God, that your healing and your deliverance is going to happen in this particular before the Lord, maybe there are areas of oppression, areas that need healing, areas needing deliverance, areas needing a touch of God right now. If you are that person, would you kindly lift up your hand so that you can just receive the grace of God? Thank you, Lord. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but He opposes the proud. And for us to draw near to God and for us to resist the devil he will flee. Father, we want to draw near to you this morning. We ask, our God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to do your work in us. That you would open up our hearts to you, Lord. Be totally transparent and vulnerable and honest before you, Lord. For as your people, we cannot hide anything from you. But Father God, you know us. You see through us. And I thank you, Lord God, that our lives and our hearts are laid bare before your eyes. And even right now, I pray for healing, God. I pray for deliverance in the name of Jesus. Father, we break the enemy, Lord God, the work of the enemy, the work of Satan over our lives in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and indeed take your permanent dwelling place in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we drive out. Every demonic oppression in our bodies and in our spirit, in our emotions, God, and in our minds, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, that you will break every form of oppression, every form of demonic activity, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would set your people free. Indeed, whatever the sun sets free is free indeed, Lord God. And Lord, even right now, we thank you that you will break. Temptations, break sin patterns, Lord God. I pray God that you provide restoration in marriages, restore our bodies. I pray for healing to happen in the name of Jesus. I pray for restoration of relationships, Lord God. Even for those of us who've got broken marriages, broken friendships, brokenness, Lord God, in our home. We pray for healing. We pray for restoration. We pray for forgiveness. Break every form of addiction in the name of Jesus. Every form of sin patterns in our lives. We ask, Lord God, if you would help us. By your grace, set us free, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Just receive the healing of God right now. Lord, we receive all this. We receive this, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We receive your healing. We receive your deliverance let me put your hands down one last call as we continue to close our eyes and bow our heads if you're here this morning and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior maybe you're new here or maybe you've been coming here but you have not really known Him personally as I talked about the word this morning that even the demons knew Him but they didn't have a relationship with Him being born again is not coming to church being born again is having a relationship with our God that is you. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, at the count of three, I want to lift up your hands that so I can pray for you. One, two, three. Lift up your hand if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. I see those three hands. Yes, 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 yes. God bless you. to Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. yes, I see those hands. If you're lifting up your hand, would you kindly pray this prayer out loud? In fact, I want to invite everyone to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner, needing a Savior. Thank you for coming from heaven to earth to die on that cross. For the forgiveness of my sins, I confess that Jesus is my Lord, and I receive His forgiveness right now. I believe that He was raised from the dead on the third day. Thank you, Lord, for the assurance of eternal life. Once again I thank you that from this day on I am no longer a foreigner, but I am now your child, and I am received in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say Amen. Can we give Lord a Lord of hands?